This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. And we have some interesting storylines going into the playoffs. And Jenks, one that I was just alerted to, uh, involves the Philadelphia 76ers. Matisse Thibel is listed as ineligible to play against the Toronto Raptors this week. And if you didn't know, in Canada, you have to be vaccinated to enter the country which we've talked about as being a storyline for also the Blue Jays. But uh, yeah, uh, Thibel not going to be playing because of those rules. And I'm wondering if we see this being the case with any other teams. I don't know. That's a good question. Well, I bet on Toronto this morning, and I did not realize that Thibel would not play. So that makes me feel better about my bet. And we'll get into that. But it's definitely something that I think initially you probably don't take into account if you're thinking about betting a cross-country, if you will, matchup. But it's something you absolutely have to consider, especially come playoff time. Right. And I think the question then is, how much does Thibel matter to the Sixers team? He's averaging a career-high 5.8 points, 2.3 rebounds per game this season and shooting nearly 50% from the field. So I think when you're playing the best teams in the conference, obviously you want all of your players available. But I'm not sure if it's a piece that that – they're going to lose just strictly because of it. No, I don't think so. But when you're talking about where a spread is so short, I think we saw some early money coming on the Sixers. So now the Raptors are laying like a point, point and a half. I don't think it's going to be some massive differentiator, but sometimes a player like that, who particularly one that's good defensively, is is something that can affect how you bet. So it's again, it doesn't have to be the factor, but it should be a factor. So let's ask a Philly guy for some more insight on this. Let's welcome back our old friend, Joe Gillio, because uh, Joe O was clipping his toenails, couldn't be on the show. So we get Joe G. Uh, before we get to Joe, now, now is a great time to remind you that all of our great sports betting wagertainment is available on the podcast. Just subscribe and follow the Daily Tip wherever you get your podcast. So let's get to him. Appearing on the Roman Guest Line, Joe Gillio, the co-host of BetQL Daily, immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. Uh, Joe, what's your take on this Matisse-Thibel situation? Do you think this is going to be a difference maker if the Sixers do indeed play the Raptors in the playoffs? Yeah, good morning, guys. I'm glad at least one uh, Joe from BetQL Daily is, uh, is able to hop on and enjoy you guys today. And um, yeah, the Matisse situation is it's fascinating. And we, we were kind of wondering this in Philadelphia because a couple of weeks ago, uh, ESPN had reported they reached out to four teams, you know, the four, I guess, most likely teams to play Toronto in the first round, just based on the standings right now. Um, and, and ESPN got the all clear from the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and they got the all clear from the Miami Heat, where they did not get an all clear from the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. And you don't have to be a genius to, to read through that. There's someone on those teams, at least one person, that's unvaccinated. So they didn't want to say who. They didn't want to throw the guy under the bus. Uh, we now know. It's, it's likely Matisse Stiebel. That's why he's ineligible to play. Guys, I think this is a big deal. Now, I, now I'm not sure for tonight for one game in the regular season if it's going to make an appreciable difference. But Matisse is one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. I mean, the Sixers didn't want to give him up in the James Harden deal because of that. Darryl Morey has talked about him as a guy who can win a defensive player of the year one day. He reminds me of Tony Allen the former guard for the Boston Celtics and Grizzlies that, that was a great defensive player. And I think of a playoff series against Toronto if the Sixers play them, I mean, he, he'd be the guy on the ball on Fred Van Fleet in big moments. And I think it would hurt the Sixers. Do I still think they'd win a series against Toronto? Probably, but that could be a sweat, and that could go six or seven 
you know, if Matisse has to miss three games in that series. Joe, when you look at regular season MVP, we've now seen Nikola Jokic take over Joel Embiid. Jokic at minus 275 at bad MGM, and Embiid is 2-1. to one. And I know Embiid complained a little bit about Jokic overtaking him because of this straw poll, essentially, that was taken amongst NBA executives, which helped move the number. Do you think Embiid has a legitimate gripe here, or is it just Nikola Jokic having another MVP-like season? So I'm of two minds on this. I do think he has a gripe because really the only thing that has changed is, is the, the kind of the thoughts of the voters. I mean, the, the play on the court has to change. In fact, Embiid has been, um, you know, just as good the last six weeks as he was really before that. But I do think it's weak for Joel Embiid to say this out loud. I mean, the idea that he has or he's throwing out there that there's some sort of Philly bias against MVP candidates is just nonsensical. Like, go through the years. Anytime a Philadelphia player has had an MVP caliber season, they've either won the award or, or they've been right there. I mean, there's no, this is just, this is Joel Embiid making an excuse or trying to like make people feel bad if he doesn't win. It's just not true. In, in baseball last year, Bryce Harper won the award on a team that only won 82 games. In 2017, if Carson Wentz didn't get hurt, he probably wins the MVP. I mean, you go back to years, Allen Iverson. When MVP caliber seasons happen in Philadelphia, there's no bias. In fact, I would argue the other way, that Philadelphia fans yell and scream until the guy gets the award. So I think it's weak that you all said it out loud. Um, I just think this is a matter of the voters see that Jokic has not gotten any help back. Meanwhile, you know, Embiid got hardened about seven or eight weeks ago, and I think that's flipped the thoughts. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm done with Embiid complaining. Just go out there and play basketball, Joel. And also, it's discounting the season that Jokic is having because I think both of these guys can have a great season. It's just Jokic in – on paper, is looking a little better than Joel Embiid. But we're talking with Joe Gillio. He is the co-host of BetQL Daily immediately after us with Joe O and Aaron Hawksworth and also on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evening. So, Joe, we've got to talk some baseball in your Phillies. Let's lay out the situation in which the Phillies can win the NL East because I know that you're probably on the Phillies. Am I wrong? You actually are wrong. Yeah, I don't trust the Phillies. It's funny. We always have these conversations with these different teams, and I just generally, it's just my nature, I, I always feel more optimistic about the Eagles and trust the Eagles, kind of like just over the last 20 years, I feel like they'll figure it out. Meanwhile, the Phillies, the opposite. I just feel like they're, they're not going to do what they're supposed to do. Now, that being said, I don't think this is going to be a flop. I don't think they're going to be bad. Their win total, depending on where you look, said about the mid-80s, 86 and a half. That's right around where I think they'll be. I think they'll be about an 86-win team. I worry about their starting pitching depth. Their defense could be horrendous. Uh, but they're going to hit. It's going to be like a beer league softball team. But, just as far as the NL East, the, the Braves are the team that it's just the easiest to trust them. They have you know, the best roster, 1 through 40. They have the best GM in the division. Um, you know, they have uh, one of the best players in baseball coming back within a month or so. Uh, with Acuna, and I don't think the drop-off from Freddie Freeman to Matt Olson is, is much, if at all. I mean, I think Matt Olson is probably the most underrated first baseman in baseball. So, Freddie was their heartbeat, but I think Olson will keep things going. So, I don't downgrade the Braves much. They're just the easiest one to trust. So, I would still bet them to win the NL East, and then the Phillies will be in that kind of wild-card uh, mix with a bunch of other teams there. So, Joe, that, that leads me to my next question, which is in the division and the New York Mets, and a lot of people like the Mets based on the moves they've made during the offseason. But Chelsea and I always say that the Mets are going to Met. Do you see that happening, which would, again, open the door for the Braves? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, this is what the, this is what the Mets the, – the Mets, 
have never lived up to the hype, probably, you know, in, in our lifetimes. We got, and we got to go back to 1986. I mean, it's, it's a long time since the Mets actually delivered on what they were supposed to be. Now, I do think they've built a pretty deep team, which I think you need over the 162. And if they can ever get to Grom and Scherzer on the mound at the same time, which feels, you know, maybe more unlikely than likely because of Jacob DeGrom's injury history the last couple of years, uh, I believe it would be the best one-two punch baseball has seen since uh, Brandy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. So, like, they're... Their ceiling, you know, if you're looking like midseason and they're hovering around the playoff spot, like their ceiling is they can win the whole thing just because if they get in the playoffs, those two pitchers could dominate everyone. But there's a lot of variance with them. There's a lot of worry with them. I would go under on their win total, Jenks. Even if they're a playoff kind of team, I still think it's more like mid-80s, you know, upper 80s than, than over 90 wins. Right, because they've only eclipsed 90 wins uh, zero times since 2006, and that includes the year that they went to the World Series. They had exactly 90 wins that season. But, Joe G., it's opening day. We've got baseball on the slate. Are there any games that you like today? Yeah, well, of course there are. I mean, it is weird, and I, I, I know baseball just picked up the schedule today uh, where, you know, where the lockout ended and they just said we'll just start today so it's almost like a soft opening you got almost half the games and a couple were rained out today and then everybody else tomorrow so it's almost like opening day over two days but a couple thoughts i had just looking at the uh the games in the card this morning uh i cleveland against kansas city you know shane bieber back and healthy uh i, I would look at his k prop over against the kansas city royals some young players in that lineup probably a little more swing and miss than than kansas city's had in recent years and and then one of the late games tonight the arizona game against San Diego. You know, Madison Bumgarner taking the mound, opening day for Arizona, and uh, Manny Machado has had pretty good history against him. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be uh, against a home run prop on a guy like Manny Machado tonight. So I'll be looking at uh, the Indians, uh, excuse me, the Guardians game, and then maybe a Machado home run prop tonight. I don't know the answer to this, but do you have a future out there? Is there someone you really like? MVP, Cy Young. What sort of futures bets do you have on the table? Yeah, I've got a lot. Baseball is always my favorite sport to bet the future. I feel like it's the most fun sweat over the year. It's like every day kind of something's intertwined with your future, whether it be a, you know big picture or small picture. So I'll give you a couple that I, um, I'm really interested in for this, this coming season. So now the number has moved on this. Uh, so whatever it is right now, it's not as good as it was two weeks ago. I feel like there's a lot of steam on it. But Kyle Schwarber, to lead baseball in home runs, a couple of weeks ago, guys, it was 50-1. to 1. And we've seen, you know, it's been down to 25-1, to 30-1. to 1. In some places, you know, he's in Philadelphia now, which is a great hitter's park. And last year, he kind of unlocked everything with Kevin Long when he was in Washington. That's who the Phillies hitting coach is now. And if you look at last year, he had 32 home runs in only 399 at-bats because he had a hamstring injury. That was about 12 and a half, you know, at-bats per home run. You look at that across all of baseball, only Otani and Tatis hit home runs at a, you know, at a, a higher clip than that. So, he hits a lot of home runs. He goes to a hitter's park. I think Schwarber 50-1 to 1 to lead baseball in home runs is, is an interesting one. And then in terms of um, you know, a couple win totals, I like, I like Miami over. I think their pitching is going to be really good, and they'll be competitive. And then I took a flyer 28-1 to 1 on the Giants to win the World Series. I, I think there's regression coming there. They're not going to win 107 games, but they, they remind me of the Rays now in which – they just make players better, and I don't think the projection systems understand how good the Giants are going to be. 85-and-a-half wins is silly. Dodgers probably win that division, but I wouldn't be surprised if the San Francisco Giants win a World Series. Yeah, and the NL West is one of the more interesting divisions, I believe, in all of baseball with the Dodgers, the Giants, who were good last year, and also the Padres, who are getting a little bit healthier. Before we let you go, one fun one. 
Do you have any bets on Tiger this weekend? Of course I do. We were talking on the show yesterday about, you know, betting Tiger and all the different props. And I was like, listen, guys, I need to have a Tiger bet. And, and I know, you know, the, the idea of him winning is probably gotten out of control here. You know, actually winning the Masters, just considering how little he's played the last couple of years and, and maybe what kind of shape he's in physically. So I think if, you know, if you're jumping on that number now, it's a bad number compared to where it was a few days ago. But here's how I bet it. I took Tiger 20 to 1 to be, uh, excuse me, I took Tiger to be in the top 20 through round one. I could see Tiger playing well for one day, and then maybe just he can't do it for four and he falls off, and I don't think anyone would begrudge him for that. So I took Tiger at a, a pretty good plus number to be in the top 20 through round one. One good round by Tiger, everyone gets excited, and maybe you win a bet. Yeah, I think Jinx likes that bet as well. Uh, we're all rooting for him. We're all hoping that Tiger at least looks a semblance of what he used to look like, but it's going to be tough. He's walking around with a limp, so it's tough sledding, but we all can dream, right? Uh, he is Joe Giglio. He's the co-host of Beck UL Daily. Immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, you can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evenings talking all things Philly sports Great insight as always, Joe. Thanks for waking up with us. You got it, guys. Talk next week. Oh, man. Does everybody in the world have a bet on Tiger Woods? If yes. you don't, do you really consider yourself a good person? Because, like, I know there's people out there that are saying, uh, putting the mortgage on Tiger to miss the cut. And I think to myself, God, how do you sleep at night? Well, maybe it's the right side, though. I said now, all of a sudden, you there's everybody is betting and betting on him to make the cut. So maybe there's value on the other side. I said initially that we need to fade Tiger Woods. And I get the I mean, I say this as I also put a little money on him plus money because I thought, OK, I'll do it for the hell of it. But if you're actually handicapping this tournament based on his layoff, based on the condition of that leg, there are going to be some people who are fading Tiger in a big way. And I I, I get it. Just saw in the chat where Shay is on Tiger to miss the cut. Why am I not shocked? <laughs> <laughs> if it were any Shay. other golfer, it would be like minus 200 for missing the cut. It's just because it's Tiger Woods. It's like minus 125. Like his but leg was almost removed. Golfer. This is ridiculous. It's Tiger Woods. He is a much different player than the rest of the field. When we're talking about mental toughness, when we're talking about grinding, I get it from a value standpoint. But I look at this as like somebody betting on seven or playing the do not pass line in craps. You just don't want those people at your table. It's bad juju. So, Shay, I'm going to ask you to step away from the table. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.